Welcome to Foreman of Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And Cindy, life isn't always perfect, right? I love it when you start like that. <laughs> Cindy, yeah, Cindy, you're in big trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, God, what's coming now? Yeah. Um, exactly. No, but, life is definitely not always perfect. So this is this is a program that's, that's about uplifting. how food makes you feel good because <laughs> you need it. Yeah, I, yes. You need it. You do. I agree. It does make you feel good. You know? Yep. Cold day, that very simple, very simple formula. Cold day, hot soup, mm-hmm. ding, 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 mm-hmm. right? right? That works out. Happy childhood memories. You know, a hot day, cold drink, cold lemonade, right. happy, right? Yeah. So let's. we're going to spend a little bit of time exploring how that stuff works and, and maybe relay a little bit of what our particular, you know, the, the, those things that reinforce us, the things that restore us that we eat that we make for other people, the things that you instinctively want to make for other people when maybe they're not feeling good or Right. So how about you? When when you were sick when you were a kid, what did your mom make? Oh my gosh. It was always chicken noodle soup, which I mean, we all we still ask mom to make us chicken noodle soup. Uh, but you know, she and also when I was a kid, Jello was a big well, she thing. She did the real thing, right? Oh, she definitely did. But Jello was sort of I never cared for Jello. I, I never really, but that was definitely something she would make as well. I guess it was supposed to be cold, and I don't know. I don't know if she thought it was good for you, but, um, but yeah, definitely things like like soups. She always she made the best soup, so that's what we would have. And then I have to say that that was the only time I was allowed to drink Hawaiian Punch was when I was sick. Oh, yeah. We my mom was very careful about sugar, and um, you know everything was really very healthy, basically. So, I mean, not to say well, we didn't Hawaiian, have fat Haw- and things like Hawaiian that. Hawaiian punch but. was mainlining sugar. So. Mm-hmm. Hawaiian punch. And then also I was allowed to have ginger ale when I was sick. So I, I, I that's actually <laughs> two things I vividly remember. And um, I think the Hawaiian punch, even now when I, if I, I mean, not now, but, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years you, ago, when I would see Hawaiian punch in the store, I would immediately think back to when I was a kid. It just is a great memory. Do you have any Hawaiian punch in your pantry somewhere? No, okay. no, no. Do you? Just, no. Uh-huh. So what are your, well. And God, I hated that stuff, although the ads were terrific. Yeah, I always liked that little guy, yeah, whatever what he was. was. I don't know what he was. I was going to want to say Rocky or something was his name. but Oh, that's funny. Maybe right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that little funny red hat on. <laughs> he was cute. Like he was selling sugar I'm trying to, to think a country what else. full of sugar lovers. I don't think she really – I think it was always soup. You know, I don't really remember – or, you know, boiled chicken, you know, braised chicken basically. Um, I don't think she made pot pie when we were sick. That was probably a little involved. But, um, yeah. How about you? For me, my – you know, my mom was not that mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. My grandmother was not a particularly good cook. My great-grandmother was an excellent cook. And she did two things typically when you didn't feel so good. One was to give you some kind of clear broth, any kind of clear broth. And maybe there were some carrots or something in there, and that's mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. But and it could be, it, it could have been a fish broth, it could be a chicken broth. Ew. <laughs> What's ew? Did you really want fish broth when you were sick when you were a kid? It was good. Wow. That's, okay, that's open-minded. It was that's good. good. Well, well, good for you. I, I don't know. Fish broth doesn't sound good to me right now if I was sick. So, okay. If she bought fish, she'd make fish broth. Oh, that, that's great. Okay. There, there are people that live near the water in this world <laughs> that utilize. Oh, my God. Okay. So, what else would she make? Uh, she'd make those things. She'd make you little, um, like, 
cheese toast, a little bit like what Welsh rabbit. Oh yeah, sort of thing. <laughs> but like it's like instead of a That's one cool. that you dip into, you know, literally like the little toasts. Yeah, my mom made those very, on Sundays with, with bacon on them. We would have a big meal in the daytime, and then sometimes she would make cheese toast and a salad for dinner. Yeah, yeah light being, supper. That's being fun. Being one of those people. Gosh, that's, I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah, that that was definitely one of those things that. So was it on a roll? Is that what you mean? No, oh, ours. No, she would use on, a roll. You, you, she would make toast. It was on the whitest of bread. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it could be fancy. Fancy. It could be Pepperidge Farm bread. Oh my God! Did you have pepper, uh, apple butter when you were a kid? Yeah. Ah, oh, that's another thing. I think we would get apple butter and white and and Wonder Bread. That's that's true. That was also a, an accompaniment to sauerkraut. Whenever we had sauerkraut, we would always have apple butter and white bread on the side. Very Pennsylvania Dutch. That sounds. It's I know it's very particular. But it's just the way. It's the way. Yeah, it's apple butter's big there. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's sort of like um, George Washington Carver and figuring out what to do with the peanuts because they had bountiful peanut crops back in the day. Mm-hmm. They came up with so many products. Well, and I know there are a lot of apple orchards right around where my mom grew up and my dad. There were a lot of orchards between the two valleys there, between Hellam and Yorkana. All central Pennsylvania. That's for, sure. yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. I think the thing, but now, I mean, as, as okay, you're a grown-up mm-hmm. most of the time. <laughs> yeah, it's debatable. <laughs> yes. What is it that, like, you have that day and you're defeated, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone has them. Sure. So what do you eat? Well, You've I, gone too much of the day, you haven't eaten enough or you didn't eat, or you had something and it just tasted terrible because your day was kind of rotten. Right. So what do I, you eat? I, I, I will say that I often crave... Angel hair pasta with great tomato sauce. It, it is just one of those things. Um, I also always crave a really good salad, and I love romaine. I, I know it's not exactly fancy lettuce. You want to you comfort yourself via salad? Yeah, I do. I do. I love. Okay, so we make this salad <laughs> for employee meal. <laughs> I know it's how not sh- braised sh- beef short how ribs. How shockingly counterintuitive. Yeah, I know. I, we make this salad <laughs> at, at, for employee meal that's mayonnaise. Tabasco, Reggiano cheese, and romaine, and salt and pepper. Okay, it's it's just this goofy thing that we make, and it is so good. It's it's you know it's basically Caesar salad, but just sort of different, and no garlic. And um, so, but I think for 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 things that I really crave, you know, it's it is something braised. I love slow cooked dishes. So if I really um you know, but, but if I have the time, you know, when you say something, home. well, that's it. When you said that, that's why I didn't say something. That's like, what I mean. It's like braised imagine beef, short ribs, and potato home, puree, because that's what I wish someone was making for me when I was having a bad day. I sure as heck I'm gonna I'm not gonna make that for myself on a bad day. So I will go home, knock out in all of about five minutes, angel hair pasta with great tomato sauce, you know, because I've got tomato sauce hanging around, preserved, and you know it's there. So why not use it? And I love. You know, good bread with good butter and a good piece of cheese, and those are things that. I appreciate. And I know it doesn't sound like your typical, because <laughs> you're always talking about these preserves you have. We preserve a, a lot at of your stuff. house. Like you're suddenly the. Anyway, yes. So uh, I just had we to throw in that I actually have some too. That's good. Yeah, as the garden grows, there will be more preserves. That's great. Well, that's that's a good thing. But how about you? I'm a sandwich guy, you know. <laughs> I actually know sand- I know that about you. I'm a sandwich guy. That just means you're, you're also tuna. I know what you like. You like tuna salad. 
It's only on Saturday. Oh. <laughs> okay. So but, what, what's it now? What? If I can make a really magnificent sandwich out of leftovers, kind of whatever is in there, maybe there's some baba ganoush, and maybe there's uh, half a chicken breast that I can slice really thin, mm-hmm. and maybe there's uh, uh, slices of mozzarella for my kid, mm-hmm. you know, that I can melt on that or something, and there's some kind of like a hot pepper relish. Like, I want... The comfort of I'll cook up a couple pieces of bacon just to go with that, you know. But that's and is there something crunchier? Maybe a little bit of baby kale. Like it becomes an elaborate, silly thing. But my mind, instead of on all the stuff that has really irritated the bejesus out of me in the course of however many hours, I get to very quietly in my kitchen <laughs> make one really fantastic sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Might be very simple. Usually kind of like the worse the day, the better the sandwich. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, on whatever bread's around, maybe toast that guy. Maybe pop it in the oven for a minute, slice it in half. Just get, like, half a glass of wine. Just a little bit of, like, oh, the, 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 comfort, there the comfort gets better with the addition oh, of yes, the half a does. glass of wine. <laughs> it's like you don't, want, you don't want to have too much because it's not, you don't want to, like. eases the pain. I'm not drowning my sorrows. No. I just want something not. to help me digest my food, sure. just like as any other time. Sure. But that, for me, that, you know, that, that sandwich, that's kind, of a, that's kind of an exercising of the bad feelings <laughs> By the time the sandwich is done, I, I've eaten my feelings, mm-hmm. as they like to well, say. <laughs> and for me, it's a cup of tea. I just love tea, you know. And, and I don't, I'm, you know, that's that's very comforting, I think, as well. But any sort of hot beverage, or at the end of the night, if I'm just like, I just need something. When I come home, I make hot chocolate from amazingly good chocolate cream and and a little bit of sugar and just, you know, enough for an espresso cup. And if there's some left over, I put it in a in a little. Uh, uh, bowl and put it in the refrigerator, and it becomes pot for the next day. Yeah, I totally forgotten about hot chocolate. I love as hot a kid, chocolate. As a kid, that was. I think that's an ultimate, like especially a, at the I end of the night. I feel loved. Right, right, right. Well, when I was a yeah. kid, I would when I, I skied growing up. When I was a little bit older, we lived in northern Indiana, so we would ski in southern Michigan, and I often went every day. I went every day, pretty much after school. And um, when I would come home, my mom always had toast and hot cho- buttered toast and hot chocolate for me now she made it with cocoa powder but um and milk and of course now i make it with great chocolate and cream and sugar but that's that's the difference but i will never forget those moments with her sitting there she you know she, my mother was the best is the best mother i mean she's she's a kind of person that's a great listener and really truly obviously cares about her children and um just it was always such a comfort. That was a comforting time for me, and I definitely associate hot chocolate with uh, and the toast because we would. I, I don't know if that's a family thing for her, or where that comes from, but we would dunk the toast, the butter toast, in the hot chocolate. Have Have you ever heard of that? Is that unusual? I don't know. I'm sure that that's. Totally it's probably normal. Pennsylvania Dutch or something. Yeah, <laughs> Everything's Pennsylvania. Did you guys Dutch. dip pretzels in there too? <laughs> no, no, we ate pretzels with um, cheddar cheese. This is really hmm. informative. Oh, I'd say it's what well, I just anyway. <laughs> the 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 point was I think food does a lot to restore people. Food I mean it takes you through some of the the hardest things in life too. Well, and if you think about a funeral, oh my goodness, especially and and I'm sure it's everywhere, mm-hmm. but I, I know that even in the south 
you know, there's there's a lot of food brought to a funeral. And obviously, that is to, to make people feel better. And, um, you know, it just for from the happiest moment to the not happiest moment, uh, it really does, as you say, restore us. Yeah. People are sitting in Shiva, you better bring something good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, be mm-hmm. careful not to duplicate what everyone else has brought. <laughs> well, now that we've made everybody depressed. Right, right. Think mm-hmm. it, what, what do you do at the end of a bad day and what do you do? You know, you're cooking for a funeral. I mean, that's mm-hmm. not as fun as for someone's birthday. So what do you wish someone would make you on your birthday? What's that thing that's going to make you feel comforted, going to make you feel warm and fuzzy on your on your birthday? Mm-hmm. No, I think, you know, obviously you always think about the pastry, but prior to that, I think, you know, celebrating so the, what's season, your favorite birthday cake? the season of your life. Oh, okay, well, now here we go again and come back to Pennsylvania Dutch cooking. I love a whoopie pie. And That's awesome. My, my cake that my mother, I always requested was my mom would make a gigantic whoopie pie cake. Did she make it with the Crisco? Oh, yeah. Of course. And it would have, I think she made it with five layers of cake. So it was gigantic and tons of the cream in between the layers. And I, I do not know. Ooh, that was we're, good. We're going to have to back you up on the whoopie pie here a little bit. <laughs> Please describe for listeners how you make a whoopie pie and what it appears to be. It, well, it should be a really good chocolate cake recipe. And a lot of, you know, everybody has sort of their, their but it's a drop cake. So but, when you but, go to make hang individual. On, hang on. What is the visual? What does it look like? It's layers of chocolate cake with cream, tons of cream in between. It looks like a giant Oreo spaceship oh, well, made that's out of chocolate lo- cake with a filling inside, <laughs> that's right? That's what it looks like to you. Okay, yes. <laughs> sure, sure. Does it not? Yeah. I mean, yes. The filling is made with Crisco and sugar, and I'm not exactly sure what else. But, yeah, it's it's not exactly the healthiest thing in the world, but it is probably one of the more satisfying desserts you will ever I have. I love whoopie pies. Oh, me too. And my mom and all my aunts were really good at making And my grandma were very good at making it. I just, so my, I can't say it without smiling. Literally, so. my, my aunt, even when I was in culinary school, when she knew it, she was living in um, outside of Greenwich, Connecticut when I was up at the CIA. And, you know, I was, what, 19, well, I was, excuse me, I was in my mid-20s, early 20s when I went to school. And I would go, I would tell her I was coming up, and she would have whoopie pies made for me. They would be in the freezer, little individual whoopie pies. Ugh. That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah. next time you have a big birthday, I'm going to have to make sure that I get a whoopie pastry pie chef cake. makes a, <laughs> I'm sure that our South African pastry chef will make you oh the gosh. most elaborate whoopie pie <laughs> that you've ever had. He'll probably do, he'll probably do a seven-level. I had never, you know, I had never had a red velvet cake and or cupcake until... We opened one of the places, and um, oh my gosh, I have to admit that I actually really do like red velvet cupcakes with the cream cheese or sour cream. I guess it's sour Michael cream. is so talented; he could probably do make one. like the best one and, in the or, whole world and make it actually look like the spaceship. <laughs> okay, so what what's, what was your birthday? Birthday cake when I was a kid was always German chocolate cake. Mm, okay, Not, yummy. I love coconut. I, I mean, that's everything. Everything about that is something I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started when I started working. There was a lady from South Carolina, who uh, Lula Bell, who worked with me, and mm. she liked me for God only knows what reason. And Lula Bell would make me for my birthday because I worked my birthdays. Mm-hmm. She would make me sweet potato pie. Oh my goodness! Yes, with the toasted coconut. Yummy. And then, of course, she'd make me do whip the cream myself. This <laughs> is no, this is no That's mixer. I, I take pride in the fact that I can still whip cream, you know, by hand in like four minutes. Sure, good. 
the uh, I had to try to do it last week. It's harder than it used to be. <laughs> Sweet potato pie sounds really good. I could eat that right now. Just great. Mm, yummy. You got to nail the crust. Yeah. And it's got to be sweet, not too sweet. Little Bells is pretty sweet. I definitely didn't care. Wow, I love the name. And uh, a little bit of rum in there. She's like, that's my that's my secret, baby. Yeah, I like that. It's a good secret. So, Very good. Happy anyway. memories. Birthdays. Well, when we come back on Formula Wolf on Food and Wine, we'll we'll move past some of the, the easy comfort stuff and get into uh, some of the things... That, that move us, that help restore people that are that are beverage, that are outside of our culture. All of that and more on Formula Wolf on Food and Wine. Welcome back to Formula Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And Cindy, I, I did hear them during break from our crack research team. <laughs> All of them whacking away on their computers. And it was Luke, surprisingly, yeah. who was also our producer and engineer, that came up with the facts. The, import- the fact is... The important fact. That the Hawaiian punch mascot... Was punchy. Was punchy, yeah. <laughs> so now we know. So not Woo! Rocky. That's my, a relief. My memory twisted that up badly. <laughs> anyway, so we, we're... we're talking about the theme is how do you communicate affection how do you comfort yourself how do you comfort others with food mm-hmm. in good times and bad yeah we talked about a little of our own sort of reminiscences about that kind of thing growing up mm-hmm. and what in the world we do now but so what do you do for someone you know what do you do to say you're great mm-hmm. I, I think also well what you have to think about is you know let's say they're something there's some milestone you know, that yeah. they just bought a house uh, and you want to do something because you're so excited for them. And, of course, it's such a big moment in any house, Housewarming is a great reason. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, and you they know, probably have no food. Right. Exactly. And everything's in a box. <laughs> and they're, Yeah, exactly. And they're working, you know, like crazy to get their life set up. So it's such a stressful time. And I think to take them something, one, that they can either pop into, and I can't believe I'm about to say these words, a microwave. Uh, I oh, would never do ladies that. Ladies and gentlemen, Cindy Wolf and her that, microwave. But I know that I know that that is reality, and um, or put into an oven, or you know, pop onto the stove, or it's cold and they don't have to do a thing to it is probably the best. But it also depends on the time of the year, and if it's summertime, you can get away with something cold. But also put it in something that they don't have to return to you. I think that's one of the biggest and, and sort of most thoughtful things you can do when you're you're doing something for someone is that, you know, hey, just keep the dish or the, here's your new gift. Your housewarming gift is not only, you know, I brought you some food, but I brought you this super cool bowl that I just bought and that's part of your housewarming gift. So that's, you know, it kind of it just makes it easier for people. Yeah, the bowl, th- the bowl thing is smart. The We recently had a second baby, a little girl, and I have a stack of people who are really sweet and drop food by, and I have all these various Tupperware containers and whatnot I have to return to people that I, boy, I'm trying to sort them out correctly. Sure, of course. Well, that's it. I mean, I, I think, the, the, you know, it's a little bit like, and this is slightly off topic, topic but the same idea. I've, I've 
we have some very thoughtful friends, and um, when I was having a party one time, sent flowers ahead of time. And that's I've had you know we've we've had manager parties at when when at our house years ago, and you know it's a it is again a wonderful thing when someone brings you gifts. I mean, of course, how thoughtful, wonderful. Uh, but if you're all of a sudden confronted with you know seventy five guests and you now have six flower arrangements in front of you that you need to get in water, so I mean the idea of sending flowers the day ahead so that the hosts can you know put them somewhere nice and not you know and do it in a at a time when they have the time to think about it. It's the same thing with food. So just be a little, you know, just be thoughtful about how can I make this easy. And as far as specific ideas with food for a celebratory situation, like somebody buying a house, you know, I mean, again, it's seasonal. So maybe it's something like uh, a beautiful uh, flan. It's called a flan cake, but it's actually a a cake that has a sort of a uh, opening in the center or a lower level, if you will, in the center. You can fill it with fresh fruit put a little whipped cream on there and they can just slide it right in the refrigerator. And honestly, that's something that just gets that sort of cake is absorbing and it just gets better and better the longer it sits in the refrigerator, you know, for sort of, meaning, sort of like a meaning into a second day. Right. That um, sounds like a cake with a mezzanine. Yeah, it's awesome. And or you can do a cake cake, uh, which will absorb all those juices from the fruit and the whipped cream just gets better. It's like almost like a trifle a in a way. Cake? Well, you said a cheese like 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 a cheesecake or yeah. a flan, um, but it's actually called a flan. But it's actually really a cake. I just like that you called it a cake cake. <laughs> but with savory food, um, you know, a soup that they can just heat up. Uh, maybe it's black bean soup. You give them the garnish in little containers, a little bit of uh, finely chopped red onion, a little bit of cilantro, a little bit of creme fraiche, and another little container, and they can just garnish it quickly, heat it up, and there you go. I mean, you know, how many times do you think people have like send out for to go, you know, like pizza or something, which, of course, there's nothing wrong with. But, you know, maybe they want something also a little uh, healthier or maybe they have specific dietary issues or they're vegetarian, you know, they're vegetarian. So you want to send them, again, a big salad or a whole bunch of wonderful roasted vegetables that all they do is put on, you know, on the sheet pan you gave them as their gift and into the oven and a bottle of wine. So what are you going to send them? Cookies. (laughs) <laughs> I love cookies. You know, I'm a sandwich guy, and I love cookies. And if I've spent the whole day moving stuff, I'm not going to feel guilty if I eat four cookies. Right. No, definitely not. You know? So that's really good cookies of some sort. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not some, you know, looking cute, not that satisfying cookie. You know, like really great. Like a gigantic chocolate chip cookie yeah. or something? Good chocolate chip cookies or, or oatmeal raisin cookies or peanut butter cookies, always high mm-hmm. in my ratings. The uh, Or some of the, like the Italian cookies, like the little Sicilian thumbprint oh, cookies. I love those. And, and they're little, so you can eat like 40 of them. <laughs> or the, or amaretti, which oh, are incredible. I really incredible. love those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh my goodness. The thing about amaretti is that you can just, you know, they, they have multiple lives. Mm-hmm. If you make 40 of them and drop them off. If they use ten, they can cr- they can use the crumbles and and keep them, mm-hmm. and use them for put them on a little ice cream or, mm. yeah. They, mm-hmm. That's a good gift. You can yeah. make ice cream, and bring it to them, and they can just pop it in their freezer and eat it when they're ready. My mom used to make sour cream drops. People call them sugar cookies, and they're like little cakes. And that is was always one of my favorite cookies. Talk about comfort food. That was one of my favorite cookies that she made because she would make the. Um, cookie uh, dough, put it in the refrigerator because it had to chill. And then when we finished dinner, uh, she would 
just pop them onto the cookie sheet. So you, it's a drop cookie. So you drop it, and when it and they baked, you know, I think it took eight minutes for them to bake. So while you're, you know, cleaning up the table and and getting the dishes maybe started and having coffee or tea getting ready, you can drop these, put them in the oven. They're baked. Put a little sugar on, and oh my gosh, warm cookies at dessert time. Uh, that's not so bad. And that would be a fun thing to take to somebody. Now that requires them to do some work, but. It's awfully nice that all they have to do is bake them and serve them. And it is fun to have something warm coming out of the oven, especially in the wintertime. That sounds pretty darn good. The, um, I was thinking about what is the what are the times that you end up seeing your neighbors? What are the times that, you know, you need comfort? Mm-hmm. Snow. I mean, I know it's summertime. And that's a fun time. But snow. I have great memories of snowstorms when, and when people the, coming over. Yeah, when they're heavy, when they're heavy snows. I mean, mm-hmm. that, from what happened a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that's our great close friends who live right next door. And um, Richard's a great amateur Japanese chef. And we went over, and he had done a lot of comfort food. And, and one of those things, a braised beef dish, and I took a couple of bottles of uh, really, really good burgundy out of the cellar. I'm sure that was wonderful. And we, we explored marrying a number <laughs> of those wines <laughs> with his braised beef. Oh, my God. And sn- watched the snow. It was pretty a great. A snowstorm is that's one of my favorite things in this world. And that's a, you know, you ha- you're forced to, to stop. Stop and just be together with people that you care about and, and, and enjoy the table. I hope you don't just have hot dogs in the fridge. That's the only... Oh, that would be sad. Well, I think most people prepare for snowstorms if we have the warning. If, if there's any if evidence. If there's any sign by the grocery store lines. If there's any evidence by the grocery store I don't think people store, are eating yeah. hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. Though if if you have some preserves, that, that helps uh, you out a Which Tony certainly does. A lot. I want, well, so what preserves do you have right now, Tony? Speaking of comfort food, because right preserves now. are comforting. There's still, you know, we try, to, we try to budget the tomatoes to get through until the next tomato season. So we have one big one one quart and one pint of um two different kinds of tomato preserve that's nice and we still so we're just we're just getting through on the fumes <laughs> and we have uh ooh, one pint of black raspberry oh yummy that uh we rarely get enough of that but that's great um uh, some blueberry with riesling um there's some white nectarine and we did white nectarines last year that mm. actually we let them caramelize a little bit. Oh, that sounds good. Um, so th- really more is pie filling or for like cookie filling. And uh, a, a sandwich cookie made with those guys, like little amaretti sandwich cookies made with those, are, are necessary sometime soon. It's funny. When, when I think about preserves, it always makes me think of the film Gosford Park when um, Abby Smith, is that her name? The, the great actress. She's in Downton Abbey. Well, the older lady. Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith. I'm sorry. Um, pardon me, Maggie Smith, um, who I love and adore. Um, she, there's a scene where she's, you know, come to stay at the house and she's talking with one of the maids and she says, well, I hope that I hope I, you know, oh, the preserves are always she gets her bed tray basically and for breakfast. And she says, oh, they always have the best preserves here. And she opens the little pot and it's something that had to be purchased because they ran out of preserves. And she says, oh, that's just mean. And all I can think of is, oh, my gosh, that's so crazy that, you know, that would be thought, you know, how horrible it is that the preserves weren't made on property from, you know, their fruit or whatever. And it, it, but it does. I mean, it's, it's, it's a wonderful. Well, you can you can adjust. I mean, honestly, there's great comfort in that in that for me. And I think for a lot of people and uh, not just very old, fussy. <laughs> you know, millionaire dowagers. You know, 
You know, I was just thinking that, that listeners might be fascinated to know what kind of a casserole Chef Sandy Wolf <laughs> would bring to a potluck or to uh, someone's move-in or to... I have a good one, you know, if too. You're, if you're dropping off for your friends that have a new baby. Or, oh, yeah. You know, that's... All right. So here we go. My casserole turns into cassoulet. So that is my kind of casserole. And I love, love duck confit. So, so I would make. Let me stop you one second. So your casserole turns into cassoulet, which is just another word in French for casserole. Are you basically, just, are you just it's making a dish. Cassoulet? It's a dish. Yeah. Okay. So you're making cassoulet. That's what you would bring. Yes. Okay. Okay. Which is which is a casserole dish. Mm-hmm. Just you have to be very French mm-hmm. to claim that. Good. How's it? How do you do it? Oh, okay. So duck confit, uh, nice amount of garlic, a little bit of, I like to put andouille sausage in mine. So apparently this is a southern cassoulet. Uh, good, good duck stock. And if you want to make it easier and you don't have availability with duck, you can do this with chicken. So it can go from uh, duck, onion, some good onion product. Um, I like to use cocoa beans, which is a really pretty little white uh, French bean. But you could also use tarbay beans, which are the traditional bean used to make cassoulet from the southwestern part of France. Or you could use some other kind of bean. I mean, there are no rules when you do something like this. Maybe you have black beans at home or you have... I wouldn't use something like lentils or peas. That's the only thing. You want to use a, a bean that's got some structure to it and isn't going to fall apart and dis- disintegrate in the process. So um, I'm just going to stick with my little white cocoa beans, my duck confit, my nice big pieces of – And I, in this situation, uh, oftentimes with cassoulet, you leave the duck leg on the bone. I would pull the meat off and just make it easy to eat. So you have all that meat, nice amount of garlic, a little bit of breadcrumb on top, good when, good when you, stock. When you pull that duck meat off the bone, there is that one little bone that's uh, like a spear. You have to be really it's careful. It's easy to miss. Mm-hmm. And there's cartilage. You know, alongside that, that drumstick there, you know, that right. you really have to watch yeah, that you, one. Anytime it's you're very easy meat. to leave it in there. Yeah. Anytime you're picking meat, you want to really make sure you're feeling it well and eyeballing it to make sure you're, you've got everything out of there. And, and when you do pick the meat, obviously there's no skin, there's no cartilage, there's no fat, there's, you know, everything is just clean meat. And But you do want the pieces of meat to be in, in the biggest pieces they can oh, be. You, you don't, don't want, want to shred the... Uh, no. No skin? No, oh. uh-uh. no, not in this case. And, and then just That's make layers cute. of that with breadcrumb on top, a little bit of buttery uh, garlic and, um, and on top and, and make that. And all they have to do is you can either bring it warm and then just you know, pop it in the oven when you get there or, or let them heat it up. So methodology is you have your, your big casserole or cassoulet container. What's the first step? You put in the layers of of everything. So you've cooked your beans, and typically I would I would cook my beans with garlic, onion, shallot, and the andouille sausage, and um, so and in chicken stock or duck stock if you have it. And this this just makes all the flavor and all and gives you your broth. And then you can just layer in the beans um, with the pieces of duck confit meat, or if you're going to use chicken, chicken leg confit meat, and um, and then and this is pretty dry. You want it to have only a little bit of moisture. Uh, so that it can roast in the oven and eventually pretty much dry out, uh, and then breadcrumbs on top. All that good stock that you cook the beans and you're, you're at the, the whole time reducing that down, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. And and you can reserve some of it on the side too so that as it bakes in the oven, if you feel like it's drying out a little bit too much, you can just literally just moisten the whole cassoulet with a little bit of the stock on the side. And usually, traditionally, you have additional garnishes like pork shoulder, uh, the the big uh, 
garlicky sausages, the Toulousienne mm-hmm. sausages. Sometimes, yeah, I did not just make a traditional cassoulet. This is just my little sausages. sort of quick version of uh, you know something well, yeah, you might it, want to take to someone's house, or or if you know for an event, or but it can be a variety or of, pack a of meats. Sure, that's 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 sometimes that's that's kind of the point. So you have a little bit of leeway in that. Mm-hmm. But you're doing a little bit quicker beans and yeah, duck confit. It's just sort of a simple. So I said it's not traditional cassoulet, but it's, it's a nice casserole. <clears throat> yeah, because I, I I can honestly say I've never made any of the tra- you know sort of traditional uh, casseroles. My mom certainly did when I was growing up, and we loved them. Um, but uh, I've never actually done anything like that at home. So I, that would be my version. And honestly, the other thing I would do is. And we've certainly talked about it plenty of times, but some sort of a gratin or a tian, uh, something, you know, again, if it's summertime, something with layers of thin layers of zucchini and reggiano and ripe tomatoes and extra virgin olive oil and fresh basil and salt and pepper. I mean, that's a beautiful, fresh, wonderful thing to do for a summertime gratin or tian. That's pretty darn good to take to like a a grill out or a barbecue or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, comfort vegetables without guilt. Well, and also if they are grilling, then they're hopefully not really using their oven. So you're taking something that, again, it's thoughtful. And, you know, just ask the host, too, if, you're, if, you're, if, if you can, if it's a happy situation. Just say, hey, can, do you have enough oven room? You know, can I bring something that we're going to need to pop into the oven? It might take up a rack. Well, when we come back on Formula Wolf on Food & Wine, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit of comfort beverage because Lord knows – I mean, I at least take comfort in beverage. (laughs) And uh, a few more ideas about comfort food, and then we're going to get into a chef's challenge. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. You can make it as exotic as you like, Cindy. Okay. You got it, Tony. All right. All of that and more on Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine on WIPR. Welcome back to Foreman Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. And what, you know, one thing we're talking about foods that comfort us, the foods that express, you know, that you care. Muffins. I love muffins. Muffins are nice. <laughs> like basket of muffins. That is, Take someone a basket of muffins. It's pretty comforting. You know? Oh, like, yeah. No. I made these whole grain walnut banana Mm. make you fat as a house muffins. I hope that you like them. Please put some butter on them. (laughs) (laughs) You know? That and biscuits and all kinds of good stuff like that. Yeah. Biscuits. Yeah, but muffins are like their own end game, you know? Mm -hmm. Biscuits, you got to go do stuff with it. (laughs) Well, yeah, and and muffins have sugar in. And muffins are easy. Mm -hmm. They are. Yeah. And you make batter, goes in the muffin tin. I mean, come on. Okay. You want to get decadent, it's quick. It's like throw chocolate chips in it. Oh, voila, you know? Mm-hmm. So so, so what, what are we drinking with our muffins? Ooh, wine from muffins. <laughs> well, it depends I a little bit upon the muffin. <laughs> I mean, right now, strawberries are just finished this season. Cherries are coming in. Right? That's so exciting. I, I love muffins with fruit. Of course. Maybe cherry muffins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe a little brandy? For- no. You, <laughs> you, you don't eat a muffin at 11 o'clock at night when you would drink a brandy. Come on now. Okay. If you're drinking that brandy with a muffin early in the morning, you don't need to listen to this. You need to talk to somebody. <laughs> okay. 
I was thinking sparkling wine, just like oh, prosecco. It's got to be champagne. Yeah, just prosecco. Yes. You know, okay. something something like that would be delightful. You you could also have a, a very good German riesling, a cabinet or spätlese, something with a little sweetness, not too much, and the alcohol is lower. That's kind of a, you know, that 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 makes an easy treat. And the alcohol level of prosecco is lower than champagne. Relatively, okay. Right. Yeah, lower than champagne, maybe a mm. tiny bit. Okay, half a point. To a point, what, think, and what other point. wines, you know, for these comfortable situations, a cassoulet or what, anything? Well, you cassoulet. I mean, you you want something, you know, big and rich and has structure. So, because that's going to be sticky. You know, you want something to clean it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of those wines from the southwest of France, like Marirain or Cahors, they they'll do it. Sometimes you can get them without spending a fortune on them. Uh, a little more affordable options might be. From uh, more commonly found areas of the south of France, like the Languedoc, uh, the Côte de Roussillon. And the Languedoc, a little pet producer that makes great stuff, uh, the main Dopiac. Mm-hmm. Um, that stuff is great, mostly Syrah, but uh, he's, a, he's a talented guy, and the wine's very fairly priced. I think retail, those entry wines are under $20. And what else? You know, if you if okay, celebrate. You know, hey, you just yeah, bought yeah. a house, so you take someone it, a bottle of champagne. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You take someone an excellent bottle of something that they like. Mm-hmm. You know, that's well. As you you know, like we were talking about the food, it all comes down to being thoughtful, and you know the people, so you're going to know what they like. But it's nice to have a few ideas too. Yeah, you would. You would hope so. I mean, that's. It might be a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe they're not champagne people. They like cocktails. It might, might be a case of beer. Right, right. Yeah, well, there's so many wonderful things to choose from. Yeah, I mean, that's it, there's there's plenty to play with. I would just go into, you know, wherever your favorite place is and have an idea of what the folks like and give them a treat. Say, hey, we're glad you're here. Sure. Or, hey, we're glad well, that's the baby another thing. Up. Yeah, you may or, be hey. just welcoming somebody to your neighborhood or you maybe you don't know them. So that's another you know, well, it's always such a nice entrance when you you are welcoming a neighbor to bring them food and maybe something to drink if you think it's appropriate. Are you ready for a chef's challenge? I need a muffin first. Here you go. You want me to go first? Yeah, so the situation is at the top of the page. Oh, by the way, I had someone ask me recently if if we really do this, you know, where we don't know, and we really do. Well, yeah, we... Yeah, it's all secret. It's Neither highly one secretive. Neither is that nice to each other. It's really... <laughs> it's highly secretive. <laughs> I cover my paper so, if I write it in front and, of him. And also, we do get emails from listeners uh, from time to time. ForemanWolf at WYPR.org if you want to correspond with us. We had a fantastic one this past week with lots of great details and insight into what we were saying and mm-hmm. and, uh, and and bits and pieces of, of things connected to that and... It's great when someone listens that closely. It's great when they care. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great when they want to engage. And, and share and, their own ideas. That's wonderful yeah. for us. And one of the things that they did share is they thought I was kind of a condescending jerk about the beer can chicken. Hmm. And I tried to explain to them I was mostly just trying to be mean to you. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> oh, thank you, Tony. <laughs> I wasn't really trying to... trying To, <laughs> to denigrate the, to den- the beer can yeah, no, chicken I think situation. I'm certain that's a fine method. <laughs> I was just trying to make you flummoxed, and that's all. I'm trying to shake that's you up Tony's before... 24-hour-a-day goal. Well, yeah, right, no, maybe 12-hour-a-day goal, I should just say. Tr- trying to flummox you before you started your chef's challenge. <laughs> that's your strategy. So anyway, but we, we'd love to hear from you. Foreman Wolf at WIPR.org. And let's see. Picnic on the trail. 
Can I bring my mandolin? No. Uh, no. What? <laughs> That's good because sure. I can't play one. I was going to say I didn't know you knew how to play. You nope. can bring your drums on the trail. That's yeah. It. How about does your well. bikes? Your family? Be like a revolutionary. You know, how about your coolers? Your blanket? Some games? All stuff? How about you just walk the trail? Eat some trail mix. All right. Picnic on the trail. Lobster. Lump crab. <laughs> it's just only you shopping for a, a picnic on the trail. Starting with lobster. The first lump two crab, ingredients. I knew you would lemon make a verbena. comment about that. You think? <laughs> uh, cilantro, basil, tarragon, mayo, extra virgin olive oil, tarragon vinegar, mustard, shallot, onion, garlic, bread. What kind of bread? I will tell choice? you this time on this challenge, I've given you a lot of ingredients. You don't have to use them all. I just wanted to give you some things to you work with. You know me. With. I don't actually well, I, use yes, them all sometimes I know that anyway. Is, yeah, and you don't follow the rules. But this time I'm actually allowing you to not follow the rules. Uh, <laughs> you're very, very realistic. Uh-huh. I should say kind. Uh, local lettuce, strawberry, blueberry, raspberry, fingerling, potato. There you go. That's a Let's heck see. of a list. That is a there. heck of a list. Yeah. Picnic on the trail. Well, it's a whole lot easier. You're not going to sit on a table. So you want something that's very easy to deal with. And I already said I'm a sandwich guy. So what I want to build is a fantastic sandwich. And you have the bread. And if it's, if I have my druthers, it's some kind of, um, loaded with seeds and flax, you know, something with real texture to it, a whole grain bread. And um, That's why I didn't even bother to put what kind of bread it was on your yeah. list because I, I knew you'd make up your own bread. So there you go. That's the, Tony's ideal bread. Yep. The uh, the lobster and the lump crab, I mean, that's – I just want to make uh, – I want to poach the lobster, let it cool, and make – just slices of that and cover that bread with that. Um, lettuce on there, tarragon on there, um, little slivers of shallots on there. Little what, slivers what? of little shallots? Slivers, yeah. <laughs> what is that? Why not? I'm trying to think what's <laughs> going to work on this sandwich. All right. You gave me a lot of fruit. I'm trying to eat something here. <laughs> well, I didn't give you ingredients to make a sandwich. I mean, what are you going to do uh, on, on a trail? I don't know why you're making a sandwich out of that on stuff. On a trail. What? <laughs> on a trail. I'm trying to think about the situation you gave me, too. <laughs> what is the situation? Okay. You're just having a I'm picnic. I'm on a trail. Just, it's a picnic. <laughs> it's not. It's the NCR trail I put I, on I, there. Yeah, I'm just, I don't I mean, take, like, like, knives and forks. And <laughs> This is not a polo match. <laughs> I'm not tailgating in a polo match. What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, my God. You know, like the strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, you cut them up nicely and put them in a cup. The fingerling pot- oh, that, like, that's creative. Could, yeah, no, it's not that creative. <laughs> but you gave me a very particular situation. The fingerling potatoes, I want to poach them and I want to make it a vinaigrette with a tarragon vinegar and the mustard. And I think I've thrown Tony Foreman no. with the picnic on the NCR trail. No, I just, I mean, like a sandwich, a little fruit, a. a Potato salad on the side. I mean, that sounds like a pretty nice picnic along the trail. Okay. Eat the darn orange for a treat. <laughs> you give me nothing to bake anything. It's not like I can take a muffin, which is easy to carry. You sound like you're getting mad. It sounds like you've never been on a trail. That's. I didn't say you were lost in the, in the middle of the woods somewhere. No, but, you'd, okay, you'd, right, you'd say right. trail. I mean, it's, come on. Oh, you really... Polo match, where you put out a spread, is very different from, like, marching on a trail for X number of miles. Okay, sorry. But that's, I take umbrage, I say. Umbrage. Oh, my God. All right. All right. 
Here's yours. Much more reasonable, civilized list. The, the situation is, do anything <laughs> you're gonna, you want. You're going to make up something is, now. <laughs> do anything you want. Okay. All right. All right. Do okay. anything you want. Do anything oh, you I want. I like that. You can come up with a situation and then tell me what you're going to do with that stuff. Okay. So trout. It's a pretty good haul of stuff. Trout, red skin potatoes, fava beans, uh, smoked bacon, rye bread. He did that on purpose. I love rye bread. Uh, local leaf lettuce, chicken legs. I love chicken legs. Garbanzo beans. I love garbanzo beans. Frying potatoes, mustard seeds, fennel seeds, chives, creme fraiche. Okay. So the mustard seeds and the fennel seeds are going to get crushed in a mortar and pestle. And I'm going to uh, cook the garbanzo beans with those two. Let me stop you one second. For what purpose are you cooking this food? Oh, I don't know. I just am going right into the food. I'm Is it for be, roadside? I'll tell you right no. now. I'm going to go on the NCR trail, and this is what I'm taking with me. All right, here we go. Okay, so the trout, uh, while I'm on the trail, not only am I going to cook it on the trail, but I'm going to catch it. <laughs> you don't even have to supply it. I'm going to catch some trout. Nice. There's probably no trout anywhere near the NCR trail. Um, but anyway, so I'm going to cook the trout over a campfire. We're, we're getting Luke, – Luke, Luke is a big fisherman. He's signaling that there are trout oh, available are there? to be caught. Are there? The gunpowder is what uh, the NCR trail follows, and that is loaded with trout. Okay, so I truly am catching my own trout. All right, so I'm going to cook that over a campfire. I'm going to dust it with a little bit of cornmeal that you didn't give me and salt, and I'm going to cook the trout. You're on the trail. You can't just leave cornmeal in your car. I have cornmeal in my pocket. I'm a southern chef at heart. So the red skin potatoes, that's going to be great because um, those are actually going to be boiled in water with salt. And Oh, by the way, my garbanzo beans are cooking away, as I said, with the mortar and pestle crushed mustard seeds and fennel seeds. And that's all I'm going to use. to. Oh, and I'm going to put the chicken legs in there with the garbanzo beans. So that will flavor. And I'm just going to put water in there because you didn't give me anything else. So there'll be water in there with that. And oh, you're going <coughs> to get water out of the stream? No, I didn't say I was cooking. Uh, only the trout am I cooking along the trail. The rest of it I'm bringing with me prepared. You didn't say I had to do everything there? No, I, I, It's my situation anyway. What are you talking about? It's, so it's, it's a fluid situation. Oh, and you gave me smoked bacon. So the bacon is also in there. And actually what I really want to do is it's slab bacon. I've decided that. And I'm going to um, cut it into kind of big pieces. So as the chicken legs and the garbanzo beans cook, um, the smoked bacon's going to – I'm going to sear it. That's the first thing that's going to go in the pot. So that will sear. And then I'll add all the other things. And those wonderful pieces of bacon are going to be – eaten because there's nothing better than a piece of smoked bacon slap and you know all that tenderness and all that fat and goodness and then the rye bread i'm going to make some i'm going to add the potatoes the potatoes to the pot this is going to be a one pot dish that's what's going to happen and then you gave me the rye bread and you gave me chives and creme fraiche i'm going to make little toasts so i'll i'll cook the i'll uh uh, so you're making toast points chicken leg garbanzo (laughs) garbanzo Garbanzo bean. <laughs> Did I say garbanzo? <laughs> and and uh, slab bacons too. Oh, you know it. And then what's going to happen is then the trout's going to go uh, as its own course. We're just going to eat the trout along the trail. It's going to be so good. It's like a handful of trout. Yeah, yeah. And then actually the chive creme fraiche would be really good with the trout. So maybe that's what I'll do with the chive creme fraiche. I was going to put it on the- Messy in your hand. On the Yeah, I was going to put it on the, on the um, rye bread toast. I'll just make toast with the rye bread. And maybe we will put some chive creme fraiche on there. I used everything. Why don't you just flake the trout onto oh, the... Oh, local leaf lettuce. I'll just make a little sauce. salad with that. Actually, it might be fun to just put the local leaf lettuce with the trout. Yeah. On the trail, you could build a little fire. 
Exactly. And smoke the trout and <laughs> flake it into the salad. <laughs> Making croutons with the rye bread. There we go. And you have a pocket full of salad. Et voila. Good challenge. Thanks, Tony. Well, I think that's all that we have time for. <laughs> that's for Cindy Wolf's trail challenge. <laughs> Lobster on the trail. That's okay. <laughs> nice. Nice. The uh, very practical. Uh, uh, C'est moi. Uh, yeah, Christian Louboutin's making your hiking shoes, oh, right? Oh, quiet. <laughs> right. Well, thanks for listening to this week's installment of Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine. Again, you can reach us via email, foremanwolf at wypr.org. If you want to listen to this or any other episodes, please go to the Foreman Wolf page on the wypr.org site. If you want to follow Chef Cindy Wolf on social media, on Twitter, you can follow me as Chef Cindy Wolf, and on Instagram as Chef Wolf. For me, it's the real Tony Foreman at Instagram. Thanks very much for listening. And happy Sunday. <laughs>